Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Friday edition of the LeadX Leadership Show, also known as Fan Mail Friday edition, also known as Taco Tuesday with Free Margaritas edition. <laughs> Last week, a few days ago, I a few listeners came down to Philadelphia just to meet up and chat and get to know each other. Uh, Kauru Miller with her wonderful daughters and Dennis Hendricks from HR Forward. And we had Peter Scott of Kakushin Institute out of Princeton. And I want to take everyone out to dinner. <laughs> and there was a local place in Philly, a, a Mexican restaurant I thought would have something for everyone. But I didn't realize it was Tuesday. So we walk in and it's Taco Tuesday there, which means tacos were the only thing we could order. And all the tacos came with free margaritas. So it turned out to be a more casual and boozy uh, meetup than I thought it would be. But hey, I think everyone was uh, down with it and had a good time. And you guys should all join us for the next one. We had a lot of fun. We talked about how to sell your consulting business. It's really hard to do if you have a, a professional service firm with less than $5 million in revenue, with less than 20 to 30 to 40 employees. Uh, it's hard because the people who buy your company, they're afraid if you get hit by a bus, there won't be any company. So you need to make yourself redundant. You need to put yourself out of a job before anyone will actually buy your firm. And if you're only doing a million in revenue, two million in revenue, any company big enough to make an acquisition, that doesn't really help them that much. So five million is sort of the acknowledged minimum in order to sell to another company. When I was 30, I sold my million dollar consulting firm for a couple million bucks. But this was a long time ago in kind of a special circumstance. It was, you know, I agreed to stay on board. I vested out my shares, you know, over, it was a minimum of three years. I stayed five years. And so it was acknowledged that they were acquiring me and together we would continue to build it to something greater. So there was still some risk for them if I got hit by a bus. Uh, it was a little bit of an unusual situation, but you know, it, it can happen. It's just, it's just hard. Anyway, we, are, we talked about a lot more other stuff. I don't know. That's the thing that just popped into my head. Now, before I launch into my official random thoughts of the week and answer your questions about how do you engage your team members in just 60 seconds, how do you calendar all the things you need to follow up on with your team? First, I want to read this iTunes review from RecGuy44. If there's one thing you need to know, Kevin knows his stuff. I can always come away with at least one, if not many, new pieces of information to reflect on and to implement into my daily life. The title was a no-brainer for your commute. This was on iTunes. So RecGuy44, big thanks for that review. Uh, because I read it on the air, send an email with your shipping address. I want to send you some LeadX swag. Uh, send an email to info at leadx.org with your name and, and shipping address. Jack, you'll send you out a care package. And everyone, uh, Rec Guys got it down. Like, I need new reviews 
on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast to keep the audience growing. If we are not growing, we are going to go off the air. We've already scaled back from five episodes down to two. We need reviews to kind of become sustainable here. So go on to iTunes or just go to leadx.org forward slash subscribe, and that will actually bounce you to the review page. Just click some stars on iTunes and uh, we're good to go. So random topic, something that has been on my mind, I've been thinking about for my speeches, for my company marketing, the way I kick off important meetings with potential partners. And this is kind of a preview uh, to an interview I did. I'm not sure when the air date on this interview is going to be. But anyway, I interviewed Donald Miller, who's the founder of a company called StoryBrand. So he provides marketing workshops down in Nashville. He consults to companies on their advertising. But it's all around the power of stories. And I'm a big story junkie. You know, I love the the idea of Joseph Campbell's, you know, mono myth and I've probably read, you know, a dozen books on on storytelling. I think stories are the right way to teach. Stories capture attention. So, no matter what you're doing, whether you're selling or marketing or presenting or teaching, stories are key. So, I you know, I think I'm sort of an expert on how to tell a great story. Um, but he said something kind of interesting. So, you know, I'm simplifying again, we, we get into like this half hour long conversation in the full interview, but he talks about how, you know, we need to make our customers the hero of the story and heroes always have problems, right? At least until the end of the movie or in the end of the story, they have to slay a dragon. You know, they have to blow up the Death Star, or find the Wizard of Oz, you know, whatever it is. And your role, the way you can help is to be the guide. You can teach the hero how to slay the dragon. And of course, the hero, we all need to guide heroes. So your customer might be your boss, or maybe you have internal customers. You know, you could be a nurse manager and your customers are the patients or the, your customers might be the nurses that report to you. Or maybe you work in IT and your internal customers are 100 employees and you support, you know, their, their PC use. If you're a professional speaker, your customers are your audience members. Anyway, whoever your customer is, Make them the hero. What is the journey they're on? What is the adventure they're on? They are the hero and you need to help them to solve the problem. Now, that's the easy part. That's the stuff I already know and do. But he said something interesting. He said, you know, what you have to do is address not just their obvious external problem. You need to address their internal problem, their psychological problem. So here's the thing. You know, when I talk to managers about leading for employee engagement, how to drive employee engagement. I usually just focus on the benefits, you know, the big win so that, you know, they're going to, the takeaways will help them to create a team where all their employees care more. You know, they show up earlier. They don't call out sick. They make fewer mistakes. They come up with good ideas. They, they stay in the company. They don't leave for the competition. All that's great. Like people are, yeah, that's what I need to solve. Like, how do I take care of my problem employees? But those are the external problems. And what Donald Miller, you know, really got me to understand was these managers also have internal problems. And the words that he used, Donald Miller said, you need to figure out like their aspirational identity. Who are they today and who do they want to become? That's their, their aspiration. That's their internal problem. So all of these managers that I talk to about, hey, here's how you're going to drive employee engagement and 
take care of your problem employees. You know, I have to figure out what is their aspirational identity. You know, do they want to overcome imposter syndrome? You know, they don't feel qualified to be in the role they're in as the manager. Um, do they just have a general lack of confidence? Do I need to help them with their leadership confidence? Do they all want to be a great boss? Do they want to win a best place to work award like like I did? You know, do they just want everybody to to both love and respect them? I need to figure out that psychology and then speak to both of those internal and external problems. So, you know, you just need to figure that out. At the very least, your customer should be your boss. And, you know, your boss's external problem that you can help with and be a superstar and get promoted is maybe your boss has this big report due at the end of the quarter and you're gonna really contribute and work hard and help her to get that external problem taken care of. But maybe your boss has these internal issues. You know, maybe maybe she really is feeling guilt about family and work and her internal problem is, you know, making it home for dinner with her kids. If you can help her to do that, maybe that's your win. Maybe internally, you know, she wants to get a promotion. Maybe she gets a lot of stuff done, but she's feared and not liked by team members or her peers. And maybe you can help in some way. I don't know, but this is, it's sort of just this high value concept that is really powerful. You know, who's your customer? How can you make them the hero in an adventure, in a story? How can you help them to solve both their external, but also internal problems? So I've been rattling around uh, on that for a while. All right, let's go to some Q&A. Now, this first question came from an audience member. I was doing a keynote on leadership and employee engagement for a uh, civil engineering company, really cool company. I was um, out in Chicago and it was after the speech that a guy came up and he said, hey, you know, every Monday morning, all of my team members come in and say hello and I've got, you know, 30 seconds to a minute with them what's the best single thing I can do in that first minute of the week to improve employee engagement? And I was kind of stumped, like, you know, now someone wants to boil it down to one minute. And I, of course, talk about great leaders, focus on growth, recognition, and trust. And there's, it's not hard, doesn't take a lot of time, but I taught how to do that. Uh, and so I was like, I don't know, you know, make sure you're doing recognition, blah, blah, blah. And then it hit me and I realized there really is something you can do in the first minute that you encounter each team member and your boss, you know, every Monday morning. And that is this. It's simple. You make eye contact. You say good morning. You mention their name. And hopefully you know something about their personal life, their significant other or their kids. And you ask them about that. You know, so it just might be. Oh, hey, Adam, good morning. Hey, how did Jane do in her soccer tournament yesterday? Or, hey, Vanya, how was your weekend? You know, something like that. And it's that simple. Now, this sounds crazy, but this comes up all the time on like 360 surveys where people are evaluating their boss. You read these comments and it's like, he never says good morning when he walks into the office. Or he walks right past me in the hallway and doesn't even make eye contact. Or I've been working here three years and he doesn't even know the names of my kids. People care about this little stuff, and I've talked about this before because I'm a massive introvert, I'm shy, and I'm a type A driver. So it's not that I'm being rude, it's not that I don't care about my team members, but I used to be that guy who, if it's you know first thing in the morning and I'm <laughs> speed walking back to my desk, 
because I only have 30 seconds before the next conference call goes. And I'm thinking about all the problems and to-dos that I have that day. And I'm walking past you. I'm not thinking to stop and ask you about your weekend. I'm not thinking about how can I engage you. I'm, I'm in task mode. So this is very common. But the people on the receiving end is like, there goes Kevin again. Doesn't care about anything other than his next meeting. You know, I don't even exist to him. So the little stuff does count. Just that first minute, eye contact, use their name, greet them, and ideally ask them something about their personal life. So anyway, that turned out to be a pretty good question. Now, I got another question. This one's about time management and extreme productivity. And so Lynette asked me in an email about this idea that I say, if you, the most productive people out there, they don't have a to-do list. They just work from their calendar. <laughs> you throw out your to-do list, put everything you need to do on your calendar. So it's called, you know, schedule, don't list. Sounds weird, but every day I get emails from people that say it's changed my life. But Lynette and others have asked me like, well, how do you follow up on things if you don't have a to-do list? And Lynette asked me that. And I said, well, like what kind of things, Lynette? So she emailed back and said, for example, I'm trying to start a food business. My personal assistant is helping me with different tasks, like sending a first inquiry email or calling vendors, getting their information, sending me their applications, uh, having me send back the completed application she sends it to vendors and they ask more questions, et cetera. So it sounds like there's all this back and forth to get vendors set up for this food business. And she says, because there's so many tasks like that, I like to be able to keep track of the tasks, those that she started, those that are in progress, those that are completed. What's the best way to do this? Uh, do I still use the calendar for that? So here's the thing with follow-up items. You don't think of each individual follow-up item as a separate task. You think of, follow up on stuff as your task. And then yes, you schedule time for that on your calendar. Now, great leadership practice, a great productivity practice is to just schedule a recurring meeting with each team member that reports to you. Most people one-on-one -on -one should be once a week. Sometimes if you have a large team, it could be every other week. If you've got a small team and are moving super fast or it's your personal assistant, maybe you wanna do a one-on-one -on -one meeting every single morning, maybe it's daily. You pick the time, but you just bake in this check-in time, which includes time to review follow-up items. So for myself, you know, I just, Mondays are for meetings. I do one-on-one -on -one meetings, usually about 30 minutes long. Usually they run less than that, not over, with every team member on Mondays. And one of the things is just, I go through all of the items that are outstanding just to check on their progress. Now, how do I track those items? Couple ways you can do it. You can either just put the items in the notes section of the calendar. So when you open up that calendar entry, all those follow-up items are in the notes right there. And then you, you know, take away the ones that are finished and then you copy those notes and paste it into next week's meeting so that you still have the you know new items to follow up on. A better way to do it is just to have a separate shared spreadsheet, like Google spreadsheet, or if you're using Basecamp, whatever it is, a shared document. So your team member can track those items herself in real time. She can add the items that you've delegated. She can put progress notes throughout. She can cross them off or move them to the completed list. Um, that way you can just look online and get your answers at any given time. And this is developing and giving ownership to your team member. <laughs> but that's a leadership thing. Productivity wise, 
again, you just create, it's not a to-do list. It's more like a project management list that is used for tracking between the two of you. So the calendar item is just, yes, I'm going to follow up on these once a week or once a day, whatever. And then I'm going to pull up that project list and go through it from the top to the bottom. Hopefully that helps, Lynette, and thank you for that question. We're already 16 minutes into this podcast. You know I like to keep these short for a one-way commute, 20 minutes or so, so I'm not going to do the book reading this week. It's how I got myself doing that. I have no idea, but I'm getting emails that you guys like them, so I'll bring it back soon. Before I wrap up, I do want to share, boy, at LeadX, we had an amazing webinar uh, just last week. It was on Influence Emotion to Motivate Action, Communication Techniques to Engage Any Audience. And it wasn't me. It was G. Riley Mills, Gary uh, Riley Mills. He's one of the top executive coaches out there. He's like a world-renowned presentation skills guy. He went over how to persuade and influence behaviors how to align your vocal tone with body language. This was one of the best, one of the most active webinars we've done so far. So if you missed it, but want to take your presentation skills up a notch, this one hour training has been added to the LeadX Academy archives. Just visit leadx.org. You can sign up for the free trial and check it out. Again, it's influence emotion to motivate action. Leadx.org has that and I don't know, gosh, 50 other courses. Friends, remember, of course, leadership is influence. You're going to be leading this weekend whether you want to be or not. Lead with intent.